Hey, this is Andres from the band Sorcerer. You're listening to Brutally Delicious Podcast. Rock on! All right, hey, thanks for joining us here on the Brutally Delicious Podcast, the inaugural episode. I'm Bruce Moore, and got my partner Chris here with me. Chris, why don't you introduce yourself? Hey, I'm Chris. I love metal. Tell us about your story, Chris, because you're not just a regular metalhead. You've kind of got a little bit of a story. I'm a new metalhead, kind of. Um, I ended up going on a cruise in 2011 called 70,000 Tons of Metal. Uh, I wasn't a metalhead. I just ended up on the cruise randomly, and I had the time of my life, and I haven't stopped listening to metal since. It's been amazing. I've been on five more of those cruises, lots of metal festivals. Um, I've had the opportunity to interview some really good bands. Um, probably my peak interview that I've ever done was with Joe from Gojira. That was amazing. And uh, yeah, I'm just in this to learn about metal. You've uh, you've like embraced it like a kid in the candy store, though. I mean, you're like head over heels with this stuff. Oh, I know, I know. Everyone I talk to, I, when I first moved to this new area, I saw this guy and he was wearing a, a Gojira shirt. And I was like, dude, metal. And next thing I know, we were like best friends. And that, I think that's more of what I like about metal is that uh, not only is the music just amazing and, and powerful and emotional, but it's it's like a family. Once you once you get inside of it, everyone is like a family. And, and that's really what drew me to, to it. Well, I think you're 100% right because I've been on a couple of those cruises as well. And, you know, I've been around the block and done some things. But anywhere you go... It's like a long lost friend, even if you've met for the first time, and you know people inviting you to stay at their houses if you want to come to festivals. I, and I've met people day one, and I'm like, hey, if you get to whack into Vakan or whatever you want to call it, you can stay by me. And I don't know these guys from Adam, but that, I somehow that riff links everybody together. It, it does. I mean, I met you in 2011 the same way. Right. Just randomly on a boat. I was there by myself. I don't know who <laughs> you were there with. I was actually there as a guest of Rory, but ended up, you know, I was by myself because he was working. I was just kind of there. Yeah, yeah, I was there, uh, and I met you there, and I think you were there in 2016 as well, right? Uh, 16 and 17, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, those were good times. Lots of good yeah. bands, and again, lots of people, and it becomes a reunion after a while. I mean, so those same guys that you met for the first time in, uh, you know, on the first cruise from wherever, I think it's like 78 Nations or some crap, you end up, uh, you know, re reuniting with them and throwing back beers on the pool deck with them. I'm sure it's the same if you go to Vakin or any other metal festival. It becomes a, like a family reunion of, of sorts. Very cool, I think. Yeah, me too. I mean, this year I was on 70,000 tons of metal again by myself. And I, I was only alone when I was checking my ticket <laughs> at the gate. Right. After that, I knew, after that, I knew everybody. That's an, that's an amazing thing. So yeah. as, you, as you're new to this couple years, I mean, I've got you know, probably 40 years on you, but if you're new to this, what are, what are you listening to these days? What, I know you're going to say Gojira, but let me just say something right ahead of time. I yeah. don't, I'm a metalhead, and I can appreciate Gojira, but I don't understand the, I guess, the super popularity of them because in my book, while they're good and I enjoy them, I'm not uh, freaking over them like everybody else is. So how do you uh, – let's start there. Well, the first time I heard them – was before I went on, on before I became a metalhead, I heard them because I was trying to prep myself to become a metalhead for this for this cruise. <laughs> and uh, and I heard it and something about it just it wasn't so over the top aggressive 
that mm -hmm. it turned me off at first. But it was also, it had a message to it, I guess. Um, that kind of resonated with me. And the more I got into metal, the more I kind of realized what they were doing was a little bit different than what a lot of other people were doing. That's what really turned me on to them, honestly. And, I mean, the way they play the guitar, I mean, my God. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, I'm not taking anything from them. I get it. But somehow yeah. they've become like the, the metal elite and in... I, I just think I'm missing something, and I don't know. For, for me, for me, it's the drummer. It's definitely the drummer. Gotcha. If you, if you listen to Lafon Sauvage, and you listen to that drum beat, it's it's insane how that can even be played. Looks like we've got Anders Engberg calling from Sorcerer. If you want to get, oh, cool. yeah, we'll go ahead and get to it and uh, take it from there. All right. Hey guys. Hey, hey how you doing? Terrific. Yeah. All right, so I won't keep you too long. We can just uh, jump in. I know you guys are working on some new material. Why don't we start there? Uh, yeah, we we are working uh, right now to to finalize uh, some new material for the third album. Uh, we have it when we're going to be done in the mid of May here. Uh, we will have like 15, 16 songs, so almost two hours of music to choose from. And uh, the process this time is... Um, we usually write the lyrics when, when me and my friend uh, and co-producer, uh, Connie, uh, when we write the music, we usually write the lyrics, but this time we only did like phony lyrics. A lot of rainbows in the dark and stuff like that. Just <laughs> 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 bullshit, bullshit lyrics. And um, because uh, we, we're going to decide off on the songs first to uh, get uh, the right dynamics uh, through the album. You know, we want it to be a little bit varied. And um, it's also going to be a conceptual album. Uh, not in the sense that, it, you know, there was once upon a time and then it goes right through the album like a story. No, not like that. The songs are going to be, um, uh, you know, going to be able to stand on the own, their own. But it's going to be, you know, about a certain uh, subject. Okay. So the songs are going to be like satellites, um, uh, you know, happenings around this uh, centerpiece that I won't uh, disclose right now, but yeah. Okay. That is a very cool idea. Yeah. So there, it's not going to be like a conceptual thing like that, where there is a character or something. Uh, it's going to be like um, moments uh, from this this uh, period. Okay. So I've got a couple I've got a couple for you and then we'll let Chris jump in. When you guys yeah, are cool. when you guys are writing are you writing in the traditional sense like everybody in the room banging things off each other or are you taking advantage of technology and emailing riffs? Does anyone do that anymore? I don't know. I I, I mean today we we um, we have the technology you know we have, I got a, a studio uh, not far from where I live a, a vocal studio with a computer and stuff, and uh, my friend, co-producer, uh, he has a studio at his home. The guys, all the guitar players, the bass players, everyone is, everybody's got their own home studio, so we actually write the the demos we write on uh, Dropbox. Right. So they're, they're shooting up ideas, the music comes first, of course. I'm, I've never considered myself a poet or any, you know, I, I don't think the, the lyrics are important. I don't know if you guys are into the lyrics that much, but 
I mean, sometimes when you write a lyric, it, you, you really hit the spot. But <laughs> 90, 99% of the time, it's just like, you know, some words that sound cool to the right. music. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm all into that Dio stuff. You know, it doesn't have to, you know, be that profound. But, you know, I've sometimes written a, a lyric in 10 minutes that someone uh, later came up to me and said, this lyric changed my life. And it's like, well, yeah, well I wrote it in my, my, mom, my, my room at my mom's, you know. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> Yeah. So so yeah. That's um, we we write the music on on um, internet, so to speak, and then when we we've decided which one which songs we're going to use, we have meetings and stuff, of course. But um, when we decide on which songs we're going to use, we're going to go down to the rehearsal room and you know figure some stuff out, you know, because drum machines and stuff like that, you, it's never the same. Right. So we're going to give the drummer a chance to you know do his stuff. Uh, on the song, so that's the plan. So, just sticking with that for one second, um, do you feel that some of the spontaneity and the organic vibe is taken away when you're doing that stuff? Because, I mean, in the old days, you bounce things off and it kind of evolves as you go. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, I know. Um, the, the thing is that, you know, we I'm, I'm 50 now, and, and the guys that I play with are really, really good players and uh, we don't feel that we have to you know grind that much you know about the songs and also i feel that when when the, the both both albums we've done before they were really uh, disclosed as you can say when they were mixed you know right. fuck was it this <laughs> no it's like it's getting get get a good feel you know it's interesting. You haven't heard the real solos, just some, you know, uh, stuff, and and they have only heard my uh, vocal sketches, you know. And then I put the choirs on, and you know, a lot of effects, and you know, um, so so it it really instead of you know grinding the songs over and over again uh, up until the recording, uh, we actually it's fresh for us. So when we go into the studio and, uh, rehearsal room and rehearse. The songs that we're gonna play live—it's you know—it's new and fun and not you know dated. Okay. So, so there's like two sides of the story. I mean, I mean, the most important thing for me when I was younger, when we used to rehearse three, four times a week, that was to you know build a voice and you know trying to make it sound good. But I mean, now these guys—I mean—they play like they are fucking—they're rock stars, man. right? <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean they're awesome. So I mean, there, there's no need to, you know. We we play good okay. when we play together. Chris, what do you got? Well, one thing I want to know is: Are you finishing the recordings yourself? Are you taking them to another engineer to record? Are you just taking your demos and advancing them forward to kind of the final production? How are you doing that? No, yeah, we we do it uh, the old-fashioned way. Actually, we 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 do the demos with drum machine, and uh, um, some of the songs that we've decided that oh, this one is uh, 100%. It's perfect. It's not even finished. You know, some of the parts are aren't written, 
uh, and um, we, we like to keep it that way because, as I told you, when we when we decided upon the songs, we're going to correct all those little things, you know, and, and, and put it all together. So when uh, Ricky goes in and puts the drums in, in the studio, he knows exactly what to do and his own thing, you know, not like a playing after a drum machine, you know. That's right. so, so that's the plan. We, we haven't actually been able to do that for... Uh, the, the, the last album we had a session drummer who heard the songs a week before he did the drums you know, Lars Schöld from Avatarium uh, did the drums uh, so, so that was a, that was an experience that we don't want to do again so, so, so um, we actually um, he is going to play to the demo track uh, guitars and we're going to correct them so it fits with the arrangement that we do when we choose the songs. And then we're going to build it up again, you know, but new guitars, new bass, new everything. So it's going to be redone as, you know, for, for real. Okay. That, that's actually my favorite way to track drums is giving yeah. the drummer like a finished track. Yeah. You know, in, in the old days, you used to give a drummer, you know, a click track yeah. and, and you jam with them live. Yeah. And they never were able to get that same energy that they can if they play to something that sounds a little bit more complete. I've, I've done both. You know, I've done I, in the early days with my band Lineshare, we, we recorded, uh, you know, the whole album in studios. And um, I mean, there's a charm to that too, of course. But uh, what I like about today's recording is that you, and, and often, you know, when you're, not, when you're, you're in control today in a different way than before. You know, I, the the first album we recorded cost uh, like twenty five thousand dollars to record, and today we're not even close. You know, in in getting those advances. You know, we can't afford go go into a studio and and do the whole production in the studio. So, and we, we, I don't feel that that we have to either. And because the most important thing are the drums, of course. You, that's difficult to do at your home if you don't have your own built studio and we don't have that so we're going to do them in in the solar recording it's uh, simon johansson from wolf also a guitar player now with soy work he's built a really nice new studio where we're going to do this and uh, ronnie bjornstrom the guy that's mixed the, the two latest album is going to come down and you know tweak the sound so and then uh, mike weed actually he's going to record us from uh, <laughs> uh, King Diamond, he's gonna. Oh, wow. Yeah, he's a, friend. he's a friend of Simon, so they they uh, work in the studio together. So um, that's the way we're gonna do it. Now, guitars and bass uh, are gonna go home to the guys uh, at their own studios, and my vocals are being being recorded in my vocal studio. So that's the uh, that's the plan. Are you gonna self-produce your vocals? Now, Connie, my uh, the co-producer, is a really fantastic guy. He's got a really good ear for, and we've been working together for 25 years now, so we know each other, uh, you know, so well, and it works out so good every time. So he's gonna sit there with a whip and <laughs> <laughs> make, me do, make me do the things uh, that I'm I, that I'm good at. So yeah, I'm I'm. I'm uh, I'm not really that nervous or, um, you know, I'm more anxious to get things going, you know, but uh, I mean, it's uh, it's going to be great, I think. 
we're kind of in an interesting time creatively for musicians because software allows you, like you were saying earlier, to to do stuff that you couldn't possibly do before before the advent of the DAW or you mm. know drum software or even yeah. like Amper profilers or, yeah. or any of that kind of stuff. Um, how do you balance the idea that creatively you're more free than you ever are, but there's not as much money in terms of s selling that music as there was before? Yeah, but it's a, it's a crazy business today, I think, in that sense. You know, anyone can make an album by no means at all. Uh, if you have a computer, you can make an album. Uh, yeah. uh, for us, it's important... Uh, if we're going to talk sound-wise, it's important for us to have a sound that sounds, uh, you know, not uh, maybe as the really old uh, recordings, but, you know, alive and, uh, and analog, you know. We need that. We, we had it on, on the, in, in the Shadow on the Verdict Cross. We had a more, a bigger drum sound and a, a little bit lower guitars, and we made that by choice because we wanted to flirt with the old with the old uh, sounding records, you know, um, you know, mob rules or whatever, you know, those big drum uh, sounding uh, albums. But uh, on the latest one, we, we we had a little bit more compressed sound uh, uh, and more modern, perhaps. Uh, and uh, this time, I think we, we're going to work on the same kind of modern sound, but we're going to, uh, I think the... Uh, the, the album will be more diverse in tempo and stuff like that. So that we've been really been working on that to get a dynamic flow through the album. So, uh, yeah, I don't remember the question now. I just that along. <laughs> <laughs> right, I have one more, and it's not really related to music, but in today's day and age, it really is. So, okay. um, I noticed from your bio that you had all of England in your band. Yeah. Well, and he's pretty much known, like in the software circles, as probably the most influential social media marketer there is. Yeah. So, how do you intend to kind of embrace social media and and use it to get your band like more known? Do you do you contact Ola to ask him advice? Are you working on it on your own? Do you have someone dedicated only to that? I'm here now. We try to work on that. I mean, it's difficult. Uh, it, for, we're a pretty small band. You know, we're maybe upcoming. You know, we're, we're getting up on the roosters a little bit now, and we're getting uh, some international notice. You know, America going there in September, play Prague Power. You know, it's going to be great. Uh, and uh, I, it's important, and we 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 got our own management now, and he's really working on trying to find ways to reach out there, really. And uh, we in the band, we I I handle the Instagram account and the Facebook. I mean, it's not that big a deal, but to get the the opportunity to do stuff like I did with um, with you and with. Um, uh, with a food uh, show and whatever you know, it's uh, 
um, I'm all in for that. I mean, because you need to, if you're not there, if you're not visible, you, you don't exist somehow. I mean, it's, uh, you, you got to hang on there <laughs> and really go for that. I think it's a, a bit, you know, we were touching, you know, about the, uh, how, how the, the money and, and the, the recording procedure has changed, you know, from the past. I, I, I've got comment about that. And I think that, you know, today maybe if you get a good deal, you get like uh, $10,000, you know, in advance. That is a really good deal. And for us, I mean, we have a metal blade. No, no uh, bad feelings about them or anything. I mean, we we need to show them that we can sell albums, of course. And but it's like uh, you know, it's not even close what we had in the '90s. You know, so um, you're almost forced to do more stuff yourself. You know, and uh, I think also like uh, uh, cover artists and you know those kind of people, they have to know lower their uh, goals also because the bands don't have money to pay you know silly amounts of money for an artwork you know it's uh, so um, yeah i think that's a, a, a little bit sad the good thing is though that it forces the band to go out and play you know and that's the way we make money to 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 uh, videos uh, backdrops uh, you know whatever you know uh, because uh, yeah, that's the only way to to make any money today in this industry. I've got a couple that are not necessarily music related, but kind of give fans a, an opportunity to get to know you a little bit better. Just a little fun stuff, if you're okay with that. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So, if you were stranded on a deserted island and could take three records, assuming you had a solar powered disc player or whatever, what would they be? Oh my God! This question always <laughs> comes up, you know. And then also, uh, when you discuss with your friends and the guys in the band, you know, which ones are the best top ten albums? You know, for me, it's like maybe top fifty albums. I yeah. have a hard time choosing, you know. But uh, if I had to choose, I would bring. Doesn't matter which one, but one of the albums with uh, Dave Lee Roth and Van Halen. I love them all. Um, that would be one. Uh, also, I think uh, one of my all-time favorites are Queenstrike, Operation Mindcrime. Oh, what a record. Yeah. Yeah. The snare yeah. sound of that record just blows yeah. my mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, the third, if not choosing one of your own, hmm. I would go for um, Epicus, Dumicus, Metallicus, I think, because that's so groundbreaking and genre, you know, it's the pinnacle of the genre somehow. Uh, that we connected to, even though we are more like ordinary heavy hard rock than doom in the traditional sense, I feel anyway. I, I, I don't see ourselves like a, a doom metal band like Below that are very true true to the original, you know, Candlemas sounding uh, doom. We're more uh, for everyone, I think. Right. <laughs> it's heavy, but but I mean, it's very melodic and and uh, yeah. Okay. We have our own thing, I think. So I'm also a big fan of, I don't know if you get it over there, an interviewer called James Lipton. He does Behind the Active Studio. And at the end of every interview, he asks the interviewee 10 quick questions. Okay. So I'm just going to run by them. They're pretty much, you probably give one word answers. They're pretty quick and they're pretty easy, all right? right. Uh, what is your favorite word? 
badass. I don't know. I don't know. It is. I don't know. It's a Swedish word, probably not in English. So. Well, hit us in Sorry. Swedish. Go with it. That was a difficult question, man. I'm tilted. How about, what is your least favorite word? Uh, berg. It's it's gay. Like, okay. I don't like that. What turns you on creatively, spiritually, or emotionally? Uh, good acting. I'm a really cineast. You know, I love movies and series. So that can you know bring me to tears and bring me to laughter and you know, yeah. What turns you off? People with no, you know, self awareness. Uh, that's um, the worst thing I I know. All right, I'm probably know the answer to this one already. But what is your favorite curse word? I mean, it's got to be "fuck off" or "fuck you" or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's universal. Um, <laughs> what sound or noise do you love? I like the sound of metal. <laughs> what sound know. or noise do you hate? Uh, you know those uh, grinders or some some kind of you know that kind of industrial sound. I think. Okay, just three more if you're okay with it. Yeah. What profession other than your own would you have liked to attempt? I would like to do this for you know full time, of course, but. Uh, I, I'm a pretty good, a pretty good carpenter actually. So I would love to have worked more with my hands. Now I sit at a computer, you know, talking in the phone all day. But but uh, yeah, yeah, I've done it before, and I, I've done a lot of carpentry. So uh, yeah, that would be fun if you could live on it. Okay. What profession would you not like to do? Uh, I wouldn't like to work like a garbage man or a cleaner. You know, like. There's people coming in the office, you know, emptying all the garbage and stuff like that. I, that's not something I would like to do. Yeah, I'd have to go with plumber there. That's that's definitely yeah, not plumber. Yeah. plumber Ooh, yeah. Ooh, yeah. yeah. No way. Yeah, that's from plumber friends, actually. They'd be through hell. <laughs> they make good money, though. I just couldn't do yeah. it. Yeah, there's really, really a lot of, you know, demand of, of uh, plumbers also, so. Might say a shitload of demand. Right. <laughs> a shitload of demand. Yeah. All right, last one for you. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Party on! <laughs> I'm kind of new to metal, so yeah. I'm, I'm just learning about all of the depths of metal that there are. Okay. So, um, I mean, I kind of started out on the top. You yeah. know, so my first experience was like Epica, seeing okay. them live. New, newer stuff, yeah. Was mind numbing, mm. um, and Death Angel. Okay. Um, but uh, so I appreciate you kind of enlightening us. Oh, um, I mean, I mean, I've been I've been living with this, and I started singing when I was 16 years old. I'm 50 now, so I've been living music, and it's part of my life, and I love to talk about it, and. Uh, you know, people are interested like you. It makes me, you know, warm inside. I mean, it's uh, really, uh, yeah, I just love it. So I lied. Can I bother you one more question? Yeah. I know Chris is laughing at me, and I'm sorry to keep it going. But <laughs> just one more. Okay. Just I, I one totally, more. I promise you, you can hit the delete button after this one, and we don't have to do any more. So I think Chris is new to the metal scene, but, I mean, I grew up in it. 
and I, there was a defining moment for me, like, you know, I didn't know much about it. I was listening to my parents' records or whatever. And one day I walked into a record store, a local place, and I found Diary of a Madman sitting on the... Okay. I picked it up and took it home, and from the fucking moment I put it on, I became like this crazy metalhead, couldn't get enough of it. Was there a defining moment for you or a record? Yeah. Um, there was a big television show in, in Sweden um, uh, sent from Germany uh, in the early 80s uh, with uh, bands like Judas Priest, Ozzy Osbourne, uh, Def Leppard, uh, Crocus, uh, all these uh, nice old older you know 80s bands, and uh, that that kicked me you know in the butt some. But I I weren't really I was more like a top ten listener you know I listened to all the you know mainstream music and I wasn't really into metal that, that way, but then afterwards, just a couple of days or something afterwards, I listened to the record that really turned me on into uh, hard rock, and that was Restless and Wild with Accept. Hell yeah. Yeah, that is an still uh, an awesome album. Sounds uh, brutal. I mean, it's so, so good. So that was the one thing. When I heard that album, it's like, fuck, you know? And... Um, I got into the to the uh, business um, in high school. A friend of mine, we have talked, you know, about all all kinds of stuff. And I told him, I, in my younger years, I, I like to, you know, be on stage, you know, at school uh, things, you know, you play plays, and you know, I like to be in the center of attention. So, and I, I did some school choirs, and they, then he uh, he had some friends that had a band in. Uh, a suburb out of, out of Stockholm, and uh, hey, you sing, you can do sing metal. No, I was like, no, I can't sing. Yeah, but you can go down and try, and and I did, and that was it. <laughs> that was how I started. So I I was totally hooked, uh, you know, with the loud noise and the drums, and you know, being a part of that and being able to be in the front. You know, I wouldn't wouldn't change or, or change it out for anything. You know. Right. That's a less less stuff to carry, also. Which yeah. is the, right, a microphone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm pretty loyal. I I help the other guys too. But yeah, as promised, that's all I've got. Cheers. Cheers. Bye bye. Bye. What a nice guy. Super guy. Yeah, like just down to earth and just like trying to get his band out there. It's great. So now that we found out what his three uh, Desert Island records were, what would yours be? My three Desert Island records? Oh, man, that is a tough one. I would have to say Shout at the Devil, Motley Crue, for sure. I right. can't go without that record. That that was a life-defining moment for me. I, I, I mean, I don't really consider that record metal, per se. I consider it more hard rock, but yeah, it was kind of but... metal at the time. Um, I would have to say uh, In the Flesh, or In the Way of All Flesh, Gojira. And, and Justice for All Metallica. If I was going to get, I mean, if I was going to put together a thing, it would definitely be, uh, as we mentioned already, Diary of a Mad Boy would have to be, I mean, his tone, everything about that fucking record is just off the chain. And even to this day, like whatever it is, 40 years later, it holds up like it did back then. It's crazy good. I agree. Uh, I'm going to be with Anders here on a, a Queensryche album, but I like their, their first full record, The Warning, is so freaking good. Oh, I'll have to check it out. I, I only heard 
Operation Mindcrime and Forward. I never went back and listened. Yeah, so they had an EP out. Uh, I forgot what it was called, but they had an EP, Queen of the Reich, I think it was called. They had an EP out, which was good, but I really, really loved The Warning. And then I might have to pick like a doom metal band like The Skull. I really like old, not The Skull, I'm Trouble. The Skull was the record. Really, really good, heavy, doomy stuff out of Chicago. Oh, I'll have to check that out. And they were on the first boat that I was. we were on. They were with the singer from Warrior Soul. Yeah, yeah, because uh, part- Eric Wagner had left by then, but the original, he's gone on now to do stuff with, uh, he's actually the Skull, and he's got a couple other things. They're still playing the same Doomy stuff, and actually they're still playing Trouble stuff, but apparently they don't get along so well, but he's doing his own thing. But yeah, that whole Doomy thing is really cool. I'll have to check that out. But yeah, I thought Anders was a great guy, and uh, great yeah, interview. What a nice guy to come on and... and- spare some time i know he's busy so and anybody out there listening uh, i encourage you to go check out the band it's some really good epic doom stuff you'll dig it yeah you know i um because i'm kind of new to metal i just googled it and the sorcerer uh sorry sirens came up Mm -hmm. and the mix on that track is just unbelievable and the voice is so clean and pure it was uh, like i wasn't expecting him to be the singer you know (laughs) He doesn't look like his voice. Right. Uh, definitely. Yeah. I, I think you're 100% right that when I, when you talk to him and then you put him listening to that record, it's definitely kind of crazy. Yeah. But, it's amazing. Yeah, that's good stuff. All right. So I guess uh, if you're listening to this, thank you for uh, taking the time to do it. Check back with us. You got anything else? Thanks for listening to the Brutally Delicious Podcast. Right on. Hi, I'm Daniela Clark. I'm Barbara Ann Wild. And we are The Honest AF Show. Our podcast is real, honest conversation with our celebrity friends and pros. Covering our anything but average rock and roll lifestyles. All while tackling the hell that is aging and the battle of beauty. Oh yeah, nothing is off the table. The Honest AF Show is available wherever you get your podcasts.